of wizardry. I did the exercise today. I went over and I stood back up. Thank you. I just sit there and I'm just laughing about it. You have to try there once in a while. Right? Very interesting. So, most people pray. Sometimes, you know, like some people go to the city. I'll slow down on it. There needs to go on the city. Some people pray every day, and there's some who even pray every week. Uh, in fact, um, the number of Americans praying to uh, pray within the last week remains steady. Uh, at least in the last study I found, between 1993 and 2006, 84% said they had prayed within the last week. 84% said they had prayed. We pray, uh, but we need we want to connect to the Creator of all things. Uh, we, want to, we really need to go past feeling like our words are hitting the ceiling and falling to the floor. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I was just okay. So the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, how to connect with somebody bigger than us in our prayer. Uh, it's not just a matter of going through a ritual or a form, it's a matter of making a connection. When I was in Jesus' life for these 40 minutes, I took a look at him and he prayed, and, and when he prayed, God did amazing things. Uh, here are a few examples in. Uh, okay. They're not examples up there. All right, here are my first. Okay, here we go. Uh, when the people were baptized while he was praying, and, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a visible bodily form as a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now, when I say amazing things, some of you thought about healing and that kind of thing, and those, those things happen. But I can't think of anything more amazing than being in the middle of a prayer time and having the Holy Spirit show up in physical form. Would that be cool? Would it be really great to put up on the rock by praying, spend some night praying to God, and in the morning came, he chose the twelve apostles, twelve disciples, and he designated them to be apostles, and then when he went down, uh, the, the mountain, a large group of people gathered from all over the place and from everywhere in Judea and Jerusalem and uh, Tyre, Sidon, throughout including Lebanon. And those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all came to touch him because power was coming out of him and healing them all. Another time he took five loaves and two things, a little stock lunch, and looked up to heaven and gave thanks and broke them, and then he gave them to the disciples, and they fed about 5,000 people and had 12 baskets full of leftovers. Now, I'm a, I'm a tennis guy by nature, so I'm wondering how big are the baskets. Somebody may have always been about this tall and about 18 to 24 inches across. Why? Because 
I think you ought to be saving up for the first thing in the last struggle to serve. How they should have been like when you go back to the pastor or the teacher and say, oh, the thing is, like, the best part is, let's go, you know, we take that one and get it up with 12 times as much. That's pretty cool after seeing 5,000 people. That's an amazing thing. However, I think that's just that. You can imagine it. I think it's probably why we left out that teacher. So we can all imagine it our own. I know it's only Jesus that's here. And up on the mountain, he went even praying. He was praying right in front of their eyes. And you see him, his clothes became as bright as lightning. A flash of lightning. They followed them, and they were afraid. Uh, and they heard a voice from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen, listen to him. Okay, the baptism was pretty cool. You hear a voice come down and say, Hey, you're my beloved son, a pleasure in my family. This is pretty cool. And the three closest friends that you've already been having an argument with, at least two, about how things are going to go in your life. So he doesn't like the way you're proposing the mission and purpose of your life. And now you pray, and God shows up and says, Hey, you three, this is my kid. Hey, thank you. Now what he's doing. I know that's what he said, but that's what he said. Pretty cool. Now, I have never met anyone uh, in the church or out of the church who claimed to have prayer also be asked. Even people that I thought were great prayer warriors and healers and people who would say things like, he just redeemed the Christ figure in his gospel. And just really. Most of us feel like we're, we're just starting for it. No matter how long we've been praying, it, it seems like there's always so much more involved. And some of us struggle to pray at all because, you know, let's just be honest, it seems powerless and pointless. I should be doing something. Basically, one of his first followers did just that. He asked that question. And his answer is recorded in a Jesus answer is recorded in the book of Matthew. And as we read Matthew to us in the text earlier, then now we're going to look through Luke's report uh, on Jesus' teaching. In Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13, it's amazing. Uh, Luke records the things that Matthew didn't record, and Matthew records the things that Luke didn't record, and there's two different points, points of view. Um, and the Bible tells us in the first verse, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. I don't know why he added that last part. 
not the government to put the food on my table. It's you. You may use them as their tools and instruments, and I'm very grateful when you do. But you're the one who puts food on my table. You're the one who puts clothes on my back. You're the one who puts a roof over my head. Simply what I need. Some of us, that's probably also the need that we need to cut back on what we should be. That was true. That was not in the notion of that. He goes on to say, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive forgive everyone who sins against us. This is probably. Well, Matthew, in Matthew, he records that this is the only part of the whole prayer that Jesus goes back to explain. So he doesn't make it any easier for those who have to explain it. Look at this. Forgive us, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Not just most people. Not everybody but that one. Everyone. Forgive you like I forgive everybody else. Whoa. Anyway. And then he says, Lead us not into temptation. When I lived in Ohio, there was a bumper sticker. I don't know if you've ever seen this bumper sticker. Yeah, I made me laugh every time I saw it. I was illustrating that. And the bumper sticker said, Lead us not into temptation, for we will find it all by ourselves. Now, unfortunately, that is true. And it's not into temptation to catch up from the spiritual forces of evil, those things that want to destroy us. To catch up. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And you know what the defendants seem to say, but I'm just going to throw in here. And I have Jesus say something, what else can follow him? Whoa. They showed up, no food. Wow. That's too bad. But it turns out, the fossil one inside of the just don't bother me. Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus goes, I says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will truly get up and give you as much as you need because you keep on it. So I say to you, ask, and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek, keep on seeking, and you will find not. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And for the one who knocks, the door will be open. Repent your request, he says, Persistently 
and believe God's promise to answer. So he started with a, a sample prayer that that was enough, right? You get in there and, okay, if you're looking at not my kingdom and, and, and you're the one who provides for me, not me or anyone else, and, oh, well, that happens. You have to be forgiven, right? Because you have to be able to do that. But then, I have to keep on asking and keep on praying and keep on believing that you're going to answer that you want to answer. Okay, that's good for me, but that's not the end of it. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, now some of us are going to get upset. Well, I'm not evil, but well, compared to God, you are. Right? We are. We're not. We're not good. You are that, it is still not good. Okay, Jesus. Still not good. But one of those things that I think the English teachers call it a hyperbole, an exaggeration of intellectualism. They get something to an extreme, okay? Even though you're evil, even though you're not perfect, even though you'll never measure up to what God is like, and you know how to give good gifts to your children, here it is. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Remember that amazing thing that happened at his baptism? As he was praying, the Holy Spirit came down, the Father was born, and the Jesus was. Jesus needed to pray. He did. Jesus needed to pray. And when he prayed, amazing things happened. I don't know about you, but I need that God. I need that. I need to pray. If Jesus needs to pray, I need to pray. The most amazing thing that happened. But here, this is, don't miss this. I'll just skip this thing. The most amazing answer to Jesus' prayers was the connection to God Himself with the Heavenly Father. I believe that God is. I believe you do too. The most amazing answer to Jesus' prayers was that He connected with His Father in such a way that at the end of His life, He can look back and say, My Father and I are one. Everything I say is what I, it's only what the Father tells me to say. Everything I do is only what the Father tells me to do. I see what He's doing and I join Him in His work. Please don't connect if you don't believe it. Best result of prayers experienced in grace and truth through Jesus. 
the perfect response to prayer is knowing God heard our words. The greatest answer to prayer is the Holy Spirit in the world. I would go so far as to say the ultimate answer to prayer is God himself. Not necessarily the thing you ask. Thank you. 
to what we can do. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know what I figured out if I thought about that third, third, fifth, fourth, 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 fourth. Whoa. That is really helpful. Have you ever thought? Well, we've got everything else in our book, right? Have you ever asked God to control the things that you know are beyond your control, but you would really like them to fix it so that you don't feel so out of control? And this is why you and I have to start our prayers by recognizing our relationship with God and how much it costs Him to establish it. You don't need to look very far. In your own life or in the, in the world around us, you don't need to look very far to find evidence showing that we are broken people living in a broken world. It's, it's not hard to dream of a world without war, sickness, greed, lies, shattered homes, and death. We would love to live in a place like that. Politicians are going to be promising some version of that. I'm an old man. I'm going to tell you something you probably should know, know by now, but I'm going to tell you anyway. They can't deliver. Don't believe a word they say. Thank you. Even aside, though, all of us know that we were created for something far better than what we need to Regardless of what we say on the outside, regardless of what our beliefs are, or what we say about this world on the outside, there's a part of us deep inside that knows we can't. Creating a perfectly good world for us to live in. The entire universe, He created the entire universe so we'd have an address because we desperately needed an address. You know what happens to a person who ends up in two places at the same time? Unless they're in a movie standing on a straight line. You know, that is the thing. One person can be in two places at the same time is a fair species, and that happens to be something that is a species. You've got your hands with a dead body. That's what you're doing. You think about it. I know that it's a dead We were made for a perfect world, a world that was filled with love and life, and we broke it. Okay, that's why I, I, I kind of 
heads for that. We deserve that. But we have what we deserve. We have what we need. We take God's perfect, life-filled, well-filled world and made it the way it is. We've worked it by doing things our way. Now, I still you know what you're talking about, God, but I've got to go. Thank you. 
hope of experiencing a prayer like Jesus, which is ultimately what he was seeking to do. So, show up in our lives. Lord, use these five words to fill in a defining moment for each of us, for everyone here, for family, and people across our community. Teach us to pray. So that your kingdom comes and changes us. Lord, teach us to pray. Make us keenly aware of our need to be connected to you. In reality, not just in theory, not just in history, because we did something way back then, but in reality, here and now, we are connected to you. Lord, teach us to pray. Help us see how weak and ineffective our prayers are without the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction. This work in us. Lord, teach us to pray. Move us from whispering our prayers alone to declaring our prayers with each other. There's a time and a place for that. We want to pray and see amazing things happen. Most of all, we want to pray and see people connected to you through the power of your Son, sacrifice and sacrifice. Lord Jesus, we pray. Give us the ultimate.